Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie, Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So, take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. I, for one, am very pleased that as a professional wrestling fan, there's never any news when you wake up first thing in the morning. In fact, it's just so boring. We watch the wrestling, then we go to bed, then we watch the wrestling, then we go to bed. <laughs> And nothing controversial happens ever. So that's right, I am being an ass, and don't worry about it. We will talk about it later. But for the time being, hello, my name is Siren for What Culture, and it's time to take the finger of power. And when we like something, we point to the sky, and when we don't like something, we point to hell, which is exaggerating it up the whim wham. That is also a part of the show. So strap yourself in, and let's fill the G's and up those downs for Raw. Do you remember how when Cody Rhodes was going to return to WWE, there was a bunch of people that was all like, Oh man, they're going to treat him so badly. He's going to be stardust within three weeks. Well, here we are a month or so down the line. We have a countdown to Cody Clock. Not kidding. Cody's there and WWE are literally telling you when he's going to be on your television screen because in the past, anytime the American Nightmare has arrived, ratings have gone that way. So smartly they've gone, well, we should tell anyone. Now, I can't say for sure, but I'm pretty confident... I think this may have worked. Otherwise, we were starting big because it was going to be the Bobby Lashley versus Omos Steel Cage match. This was kind of a little bit of a tease because I was like, oh, can you believe it? Raw is going to start with this. And then MVP cut a big promo where he was like, Bobby Lashley, listen to me. I hate you. Eventually, Bob was here. And of course, Cedric Alexander attacked him on the way to the ring. And can somebody go buy him a Nintendo Switch so he has something else to do? And then there was this big brawl and the officials had to break it up before we finally got Bobby Lashley versus Omos in a damn steel cage. Now, I will say this wasn't bad. It was fun and entertaining enough. But we did take the idea of this stipulation and we flushed it down the toilet. Because not only was MVP hitting Bobby Lashley with his cane any time that he could have done, at one point, Cedric goes back and he's like, I think I'm, I'm just going to get in. I'm going to climb up and I am going to get involved in this match. Now, instead, he got murdered by Bobby Lashley. But surely the whole point is to contain the rage. Or he didn't even bother trying. There was this really good near fall halfway through where Bob hit Omos with a spear and Omos kicked out. 
And that's where I kind of knew what was going to happen, although we did take a little twist along the way. Because we went to the past in order to determine the future, because at one point the big man grabbed Bobby Lashley and he threw him so hard into the mesh, the cage broke, Bobby Lashley went to the outside, and as per the rules, it meant he did escape, and therefore he won. And afterwards, Bobby was like, yeah, yeah, I did it. I wanted to go, Bob, seriously, this ain't nothing to be proud about. So in many ways, this did feel like the most devastating move in all of sports entertainment and surprise roll-up because WWE didn't really want anybody to lose. And we found out later on that Bobby Lashley has some kind of challenge for Omos next week. So this isn't over, but look, they tried real hard. And in terms of the first thing you did see on Raw, it was fine. It was entertaining enough. I don't think it went longer than like eight minutes. I'm giving it up. Then we had a logic breakdown. I know, can you believe it? A logic breakdown on Raw. I mean, whatever is next. Ethereum and Stuff for Ali were out, and they were about to have a match, I assume, for the US Championship, when Theory decided, no, I don't want to do this, because I don't think you deserve it, also I don't trust you, so let me announce the special guest referee, like it was last week, because it was The Miz. Now, my big question is who is signing off on this? I get you can go, well, it's probably Vince McMahon because he's friends with Theory, but we should make this very clear because Sonya Deville isn't in charge of the stuff anymore and she used to be the person pulling all the shenanigans. So unless Adam Pearce has turned into a right dick, I want to know what's going on. Theory then changed his mind again, so he actually is in charge. He was like, actually, no, Mustafa Ali, I'm not going to face you because I found you a different opponent. And I bet Ali's cervix started to swell right away. It was flipping Veer. No, I didn't quite like this because Veer has needed a proper opponent for a while. And if we are going to build him up as a monster, you have to use that monster aura at some point. Otherwise, what the hell were you doing? But this was just interference by the Miz or him being an idiot. An interference by Theory before eventually, yeah, Vera did grab Ali's head and he went, and he tried to squeeze it so much. Mustafa decided, well, actually, I need a brain. I'm done. Veer then went back to this move as Theory and Miz took a selfie. I was like, that's not a normal thing to do, you absolute weirdos. I mean, we're going to do post it on Instagram. <laughs> Here's a man about to die. So I suppose they were actually going to kill him when there was a big surprise because who returned to Monday Night Raw? The Mysterios. Now, fair play, I didn't see this coming, so I was all like, well, because I am a massive nerd. And given that it was Veer that took them out, Ray and Dominic beat the crap out of him, he beat the crap out of Theory, they beat the crap out of Miz. We were just throwing fisty cuffs all over the place. And now, haven't we wrapped this up in a nice, neat little package? We can do a six-man tag. So I suppose all of this is fine. I'll level with you. It's not really lighting up the wrestling world. But I was sports entertained enough. Okay, we have reached that part of the evening, so everybody go and get your popcorn and let us sit down. For it was in this part of the evening when Becky Lynch did find Adam Pearce and said, well, what are we going to do? Because Naomi and Sasha Banks have left the building. Now, this was very problematic for Raw because it had already been announced that our main event was going to be a six-way challenge to determine the brand new number one contender. And it was going to be Sasha versus Naomi versus Becky versus Oscar versus Dewdrop and versus Nikki Ash. Lynch's idea then was just to make it one-on-one -on -one between her and Oscar and the winner would go on to fight Bianca Belair. And Adam Pearce was like, well, that's a very good idea. I'll do it. And at the time, it just felt like Raw being Raw 
This was not raw beer raw. Because the word as we now have it, and I would encourage you to watch other What Culture videos to really get in there, because we do not have time to explain it, is that Naomi and Sasha Banks weren't happy with their creative, especially because WWE had basically decided, well, we're not really going to focus on your tag team anymore. And Naomi, you can go and face Bianca Belair at Hell in a Cell. And Sasha, we're going to send you back to SmackDown, where you're going to take on Ronda. So understandably then, the tag champs went to Vince McMahon, and they said, Vince, we've been doing this since February. We've got over. We have the gold, and we're selling a bunch of merch surely we can wiggle some things around here so it does make sense because at one point Naomi was gonna pin Sasha Banks so this got changed and we figured out a way where they wouldn't break up which is WWE's favorite thing but then it imploded again with Johnny Laurinaitis or an agent or something or other Naomi and Sasha went to somebody else and said right we're going and that's it they did they left and I ain't gonna comment much more than this because until we do know more I kind of feel like we're fighting into the abyss but I cannot believe people like Naomi and Sasha Banks would react this way if they didn't have a reason to. It then went absolutely nuts because WWE released a statement on WWE.com that basically said Raw is a scripted television show and this weren't part of the script. That seems like a really bad move because you do not air your dirty laundry in public. And just as a quick aside, do you know who back in the day used to say no? Steve Austin. The Rock, The Undertaker, John Cena, Hulk Hogan. So do you see a pan here? Sometimes you do have to stand up for yourself, no matter what obstacles you may face. So we should take this and we shall leave it over there. Because let's face it, so much more is going to come out about this story. I'm only one of those guys that says, here's my opinion. I know everything. And then you get the new news and you're like, <laughs> I didn't have a clue what a buffoon. Let's just hope we can figure out all this though, because if nothing else, Sasha Banks, top tier talent, Naomi, top tier talent, and they would shine anywhere around the world. And then it was Riddle versus Jimmy Uso. I do now feel like I've seen this match around about 67,579 times, but it is still fun. And also I have picked up on something recently. What used to happen is somebody would do a dive and that would trigger the commercial break. But now you grab someone, you throw them into Simba the Still Steps, and that will make the advert happen. So that's what Jimmy Uso did. It came on and I felt all warm and fuzzy in my tub tub. When we came back from this though, Riddle was just going crazy with exploder suplexes and Pele kicks. And when he was going to go for a dive, Jimmy Uso basically cut him off like he was Zangief or something. But then Jimmy decided, ha I'm going to go from the skies and I'm going to hit a splash. But Riddle got his knees up wrestling tennis. Jay then pushed Riddle off the top rope because he's a massive asshole and this is when the Usos went into twin mode because they tried to help the other one in order to get the pin. But the referee saw this so he went, oh you little tricksters, you're not going to be do that when Riddle, give it a second, give it a second, give it a second, hit the most devastating move in all oh, the sports entertainment surprise roll up and he got the one, two, three. So seriously WWE, why can we not get through a show without using multiple of these and I do address this later so I will hold it there and the real shame to all of this is that Randy Orton wasn't in Riddle's corner but apparently had family things to attend to and that is way more important but hey look we did take an extra step forward towards our unification match on Smackdown give it up head over to Hulu this March where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long catch the award-winning movie Poor Things starring Emma Stone Mark Ruffalo and Willem Dafoe Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu.
A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Before we go any further, though, this podcast is brought to you by Rocket Money. Do you ever feel like money is just flying out of your account and you've got no idea where it's going? Well, it's all those subscriptions. I mean, think about it between streaming services, fitness apps, delivery services, it is endless. I'm guilty of this. So I used Rocket Money to help me find out what subscriptions I'm actually spending money on. And it was more shocking than a wrestling betrayal. You see, Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over $500 million in cancelled subscriptions. So stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash wrestling. That's rocketmoney.com slash wrestling. Rocketmoney.com slash wrestling. Just the most nuts stuff happened afterwards because Liv Morgan was talking to Adam Pearce saying that Rhea Ripley is not going to get away with what she did when Humberto and Angel arrived and said, Hey Liv, <laughs> do you want to be on a kiss cam? Thankfully this was saved because Finn Balor and AJ Styles walked into picture and said, look, you guys get out of here. But also Morgan, would you like to accompany us to the ring later? And Liv actually said, I'll think about it. I was like, Morgs, what are you doing? Of course you go for the... Do you want to vanish from television again or just pop up a main event? Of course you don't. You attach your wagon to the new Bullet Club, whatever the hell we're going to call it, the Slug Society. Otherwise, who the flop knows what's going to happen? Funny enough, straight after that, we did have a backstage segment with Judgment Day. It's almost like we planned this stuff out. And I know that's true, because WWE released a statement telling me. Edge was also back on his big chair this week, and I refuse to call it a throne. Because it's not a throne, it is just a sizable seat. That's it. No arguments, no debates. He sits in this ridiculously big chair, and I sit there going, ha ha ha, because it's silly. As per usual, too, you already know what I'm going to say. They look great, but they start talking. I don't know what the hell's going on. And it really fell off a cliff this week, too, because... Roll it. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Nobody Talks Like That with me, Simon Miller, very upsettingly this week featuring the one and only Rhea Ripley. Because she said, I will not be the figure of my mistakes. There is no holding my back. And now it's time for complete and utter eradication. I mean, what the hell are you going on about Rhea Ripley? And also, eradication means the complete and utter destruction of everything. So I presume next week she will turn up to Raw and she will just burn the thing to the ground because nobody talks like that. Anywho, eventually Edge did take over and he was all like, oh man, you're all sheep and you've got to stop being sheep. This is becoming very difficult for me because I googled sheep and I looked at it and I was like, well, I'm not a white furry animal, so what am I supposed to do? Although he did keep teasing, hey man, we're not done here. We are going to recruit at least one more member and maybe it would be AJ Styles. And that would be pretty cool, but also would make absolutely no sense. This all then came to the end, and as always, I am just stuck. Because I like the presentation, I'm so happy they are a group. But yeah, the words that come out of their mouth are more like... <laughs> like I'm at some awkward dinner party that I don't want to be at. And I do think eventually this is going to click. 
but at the moment I can't see it. Like we may be on the precipice of it, I'm not entirely sure. So look, it's just not for me. And not everything on wrestling TV should be for me. I mean, nothing should be. Look at me. I'm an absolute idiot, but I am giving it a damn. We then did get Los Lotharios versus AJ Styles and Finn Balor, though. I enjoyed it. It was around this time, too, on commentary, where Corey Graves started to go, where Sasha Banks and Naomi have left the building. Aren't they unprofessional? This is when my eyebrows started to move, because I was like, man, I don't think we're in Toto anymore, Kansas. It almost threw me off the match entirely, because I sat there the whole time going, oh my gosh, what the hell is going on here? Although they did have a good contest, Liv Morgan was at ringside, and the ending was especially happy, because Finn Balor and AJ Styles hit their finishes simultaneously, and if you know their past, especially because they too sweated afterwards, you were just like, oh, the things that could have been. The crowd also loved them, so you know what WWE will do here. We shall break them up in around about three weeks, for this is the way. Raw then went stupid, and I was pleased. Because Kevin Owens in the Alpha Academy were talking about these DNA results when they opened them up only to discover that they were inconclusive because somebody had spilled barbecue sauce into the sample. Everyone then looked at Owens and he was like, well, you know, we did get some of it off Elias' guitar, so before he did a performance, he must have been eating barbecue. And I was like, oh, is that it? Is it? You are now the number one person of the week. I mean, imagine that happened in a murder case. It would be so dumb and so wonderful. And by this stage, Owens was just melting down like Chad Gable. You're meant to be the smartest person ever and you keep screwing it up. So please, will you prove that Ezekiel and Elias are the same person? Otherwise, I'm not going to be able to take it. Basically, Gable got so wound up that he said, you know what? I'm going to have a match with him later and I'll beat the truth out of him. And all these three guys, they're just a treasure. Somebody should find them and wrap them up in cotton wool because they must be protected at all costs. Round of applause. And then it was round two for Alexa Bliss versus Sonya Deville. Why not? It seems Bliss is definitely back to being a babyface too because she was all happy and jolly and she has brand new entrance music. And basically what we did here is go, well, last week Sonya Deville wasn't ready for Alexa Bliss and this week she is... So she beat the living piss out of her. There's also some nonsense when Sonya went to expose the turnbuckle and when the ref went to sort that out, she did have the pin for around about a six count, but the official turned around. He was too late. Alexa Bliss hit the DDT. One, two, three. That is two and oh. Now this does feel like a way to go round the houses because if Bliss has just returned, why wouldn't she get the victory? But at least she got the visual pinfall here. And also, I just think Sonya Deville plays her character so well. Like no matter what you give her, she knocks it out the park I'm giving it up. Deville also slapped the ref afterwards, and of course she can't do that anymore, so we're certainly leaning to something. Just don't know what it is. And then the Cody counter got to zero, so he was here, and I tell you, he is a star. He let us know instantly that Seth Rollins wasn't here this evening, but given what he had done last week, e.g. curb stomped Cody's face into a table, that he had poured gasoline on the fire, and it's not going to be put out anytime soon. He also said Seth is stuck in the purgatory of his own creation, or essentially, Rollins is insane these days, and he's trying to drag everybody else down with him. That is kind of true. Rosen also talked about the fact that when Rollins first did debut with The Shield, he was a tag team champion almost instantly, whereas he was also trying to climb the ranks, but he couldn't do it. He had to paint the smile on his face, even though he was dying inside. And honestly, if you know the Cody Rhodes story, it was like, flub me sideways, he's getting into it. He followed with the whole, well, he can't be the American dream, so he's going to be the American nightmare instead. And because of that, he wants to take on Seth Rollins one more time. And where better to do it, not only at the Hell in a Cell pay-per-view, but in the cell itself. 
oodalally. This is when all of a sudden you heard this. <laughs> Honestly, our contest is the weirdest thing ever. Like, like, if you'd never watched wrestling before, you were like, where is this strange laugh coming from? What have I missed? This obviously meant Rollins was here and he appeared on the big screen. He's like, Cody, you're an idiot, you're a moron. This is the worst thing you've ever done because everybody who has ever stepped in the Hell in a Cell with me has never been the same again. And I was like, yes, Seth. We all remember 2019. Maybe we should stop talking about it. He accepted, though. Cody said that he would see him in hell. Let's hope he doesn't mean literally, because it'd be way too hot down there. And also, I'm not sure you'd be able to broadcast the television signal back to planet Earth. And I am hugely intrigued what we do here, because Cody should really go 3-0, but also Seth shouldn't lose again, which makes me fear that we're going to see a surprise roll-up in Hell in a Cell. And I cannot take that, my friends. I will actually die. Otherwise, though, these two are basically carrying Raw, and I'm giving it up. Quick interview with Oscar when she told us she would defeat Becky Lynch later and make her cry like a baby when Kevin Owens came out to do commentary. And honestly, this guy. Because before the match between Chad Gable and Ezekiel had even begun, he was just freaking out. He told Byron Saxton he would not look at this picture of Elias and Zeke because he knew it was Photoshop. And also said that back in the day he had met Elias' parents and they never mentioned that they had two children. So could somebody please just give him an award? He is quite literally the best. Otherwise, we did have these two in the ring going at it. And you already know the deal because it's a WWE match on Raw. There was an Otis on the outside and he kept interfering. Chad was still able to fight back and he hit a moonsault at one point for a good near fall, but Zeke did have a plan, knock Otis off the apron, get himself into a bit of a fracas with Chad Gable. When Chad went for the most devastating move in all of sports entertainment, he reversed it into his own most devastating move in all of sports entertainment. And he got the pin. Honestly, though, that is it. Down. I ain't joking. That's it. Put that down marker right there now. This is way too many surprise roll-ups over all of WWE shows. Think how boring it must be for the audience. Just give me any kind of a finish. I mean, we did do it in the main event, which we'll talk about in just one second. But for the love of everything, we've got to calm it down. I'm going to throw it up in there as well because Owens was so good on commentary and Chad Gable always brings it. And I do like the Ezekiel character as well. But yeah, just have Zeke hit his finish whatever that may be, and let's move on to whatever is supposed to be next. We then got more normal 24-7 title stuff. Honestly, do you know how disappointed I get when this happens? You can do whatever you want, and instead our truth is here, and he was like, oh, Dana Brooke, I've served your divorce papers, and Dana Brooke was like, oh, thanks, Truth. Truth was like, oh, man, now I want to win back the 24-7 championship. So Dana went, no, and she ran away. I mean, why can't we have the belt turn into a dinosaur or something? And everyone's like, oh, no, it's a T-Rex, and that chases everyone. Anyway, Dana ran down the corridor. She bumped into Carmella. They fell out talking about Corey Graves and Carmella's sex life, because why wouldn't you? And then because our truth was chasing Dana Brooke, Dana ran off. And obviously, Carmella and R-Truth used to be a team. So she said, I'll help you get the belt back, but you've got to allow me to get revenge on Dana. You've got to make this stuff silly, man. You've got to take the silly dial and turn it up to, like, flubbits. That's the only thing you can do. We did not do it. Now, admittedly, Dana did have a good line when she was like, you haven't been relevant ever since you were hanging around with that guy with no chin. Talking about James Ellsworth. But I'm sorry. If we do it like this, there is no point down. We moved away from that on to Lacey Evans too. 
WWE has left me so baffled. Because the past week or so, it actually felt like they were going to turn her heel, which would have been ludicrous given all of her stories and how much of a babyface she's come across as. But then she came out here to cut a promo in front of the live crowd, and she definitely came across like a good guy. I mean, she even said at one point, while I'm not better than the rest of the women's roster, they're not better than me either. So that is tightroping that line between arrogance and confidence, which is what you need to do. Now, let's just keep it nice and simple, W. WWE. She has had a crazy past. She's overcome adversity. That will be an inspiration for others. We can all go, yeah, yeah, go get them, Lacey Evans, and it will just be sunshine and rainbow. So I am going to give it an up, but I swear, look how worried I am. The finger of power trembling. A little bit of promotion for everything that's going on later because Riddle was here to say he's going to smoke a bunch of drugs and win all the tag team titles on Smackdown. And this is where Bobby Lashley had his new challenge for Omos, whatever the hell that's going to be when it was time for our main event. And it's kind of been easy for Becky Lynch or Oscar because they only had an hour or so to sort it out. But I swear, when WWE's backs are against the walls, they come up with such better ideas because not only was this match excellent, but the finish, ah, it ticked all the boxes. Why don't we just do this stuff all the time? I was laughing at one point because they were just reversing roll-ups in the middle of the thing and I said, oh no, one of them is going to connect and I'm going to have to throw myself out the window, but thankfully it didn't. And when Becky Lynch with a manhandle slam, Oscar reversed into an armbar, she's so damn smooth, she's just so damn good. And she's absolutely one of the best wrestlers in the world. She also went for the Oscar lot instantly and Becky freaked out and bailed to the outside. And given that Bianca Belair was watching on, Lynch went up to the champion and was like, why don't you hit me in the face? Because of course, if she does do that, Oscar would get DQ'd and Becky would now be the number one contender. Belair was never going to do this. So the Empress of Tomorrow went to sort this out. But this is when Lynch went super asshole and she grabbed Asuka and chucked her right into Bianca Belair. And given the referee was like, oh my gosh, I don't know what's going on. Lynch went and got Oscar's unbroken which is the greatest sentence I've ever said in my entire life. She swung it, but turn around is fair play. So Oscar went, she spat the mist right into Becky Lynch's face, booted her in the skull and pinned her, which means now it is Becky Lynch. No, it's not. Now it is Oscar versus Bianca Belair at Hell in a Cell. I don't know what the original plan was, but this one absolutely seems better. Certainly all of this is going to be overshadowed given everything that has happened between Naomi and Sasha Banks. I'm not going to lie. I just hope we can work out double quick time. While this stuff is interesting to hear, it doesn't really help anyone, and also kind of sullied my experience of Raw. Because now I'm trying to think, did I enjoy it, or am I just overwhelmed with emotions? But given that we are a positive Pete, I will give it an up. But I will say it did kind of feel off the rails, mostly because it was off the rails.